is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the heart of Manhattan, Rockefeller Center, New York City, Newsstand Studios. Joined as usual with uh, John, sitting behind me today. How you doing? Doing great, thanks. Yeah? Yep. You're lying. No. No. Right. Start to the week. Okay, That's great. Fine, yeah. Soups. All right. Yeah. Got Joe Hazen rocking the panels. What's up? Hey, how are you doing? Welcome to a Tuesday Cooking Issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over there in Los Angeles, we got uh, Nastasia the Hammer Lopez. How you doing, Stas? Good. I'm yeah? great. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think we got Jackie Molecules over there as well. Yes, sir. How's it going? I'm um, doing well. And, you know, I love to say we also in the upper left-hand corner, Quinn. We got Quinn's. We got a, a full, hey. the full Cooking Issues crew. But even better yep. than that. Even better, we have today as our special guest, long, long, long time friend of uh, the show and of ours personally, Dr. Arielle Johnson, pushing her new book, which I am holding the first ever, and I hold it up to the camera, the first ever hard copy of it ever off the presses. And by the way, Arielle, you know, I still have my original, the original first liquid intelligence that came off the press, and that became our bar standard, and I, it's all marked up, and like, so hopefully you'll do the same with your original copy. Flavorama! A guide to unlocking the art and science of flavor by Ariel Johnson, forward by Reni Redzepi, with 99 Recipes. Now you got two things going through my head with the 99 Recipes, Ariel. You got 99 Problems, mm-hmm, exactly. which obviously you were referencing. Yeah. Yeah. And then last night I was at uh, Amori Margo, the bar here in New York, um, and Austin Henley, our friend uh, from Cato, was doing a pop-up there with, mm. uh, with Max Green. It was totally packed. But Cato just got named to, like, the—I thought it was the—this is how stupid I am about L.A. Stas, you'll appreciate this. I thought it was the 101 best restaurants in L.A., and he's like, no, it's the 101. It's like 101 because of the freaking freeway. And I was like, okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, welcome on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. No, uh, nowhere I'd rather be. Oh, well, you, you haven't been live at the new at the new place yet. How I, do you think? Do you like our digs? It's uh, it's it's lots more uh, marble and shiny gold stuff than uh, than at the trailer in Roberta's. Definitely. Yeah. 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 But you place you get more fish bowling from people. You know. Can go get a bottle of wine. Yeah. Hipsters don't look at you as much. Mm. We looked at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nastasia. Right, right, right. I, I kind of miss that. You don't get like the. Well, this is a magnet for tourists who are here to look at things. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, Nastasia, who is your favorite Roberta's person to look at to to watch? Wasn't it um, Nazi Jesus? <clears throat> uh, yeah. Well, he was no, no. It was there was uh, yeah, there was Jesus. Jesus. It's Indy Jesus. Indy Jesus. I thought yeah. it was Indy Jesus and Indy Jesus. and uh, uh, and Santa's Nazi Nazi elf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember? Yeah, he was like, oh. that guy was such a character. Like, it was yeah. an exact cross between an elf and, like, uh, uh, like a cartoon Nazi. It was the craziest thing. Hitler that's a, that's a, yeah. I don't think I ever mm-hmm. saw that guy. Or oh, yeah, you would have noticed. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Like, the tight, tight shorts, the, that look, oh. and uh-huh. that, like, elf at the same time. Weird. Real weird. He had green hair. I mean, it's not yeah. that weird for Bushwick, but. yeah. No. You know, I have not been back to Bushwick in years. I have no idea what it's like over there now. For all I know, it's all Terrible. people in suits. Not not that it's many awful. suits, but like a bit more people who look like they are product managers at a tech company uh, than five years ago, definitely. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know about that. Oh, hey, uh, so, nor- so the way this works now is that we all kind of shoot the breeze over what happened in the past week, but I do have a small announcement first, right? Right now, in from Booker and Dax, just landed in the United States, are a small batch of Sears All Pros. That's right, Sears All Pros. Get them while they last. There's 50% more Siri area now with Map Gas. Get a Sears All Pro. Get a Sears All Pro. Hey, everybody, get a Sears All Pro. Yeah! Okay, uh, that was my little announcement. And by the way, if anyone wants to become a sponsor on the show, I can do things like this for your company. As well, I might have to take you up on that. For, yeah, uh, for the book tour. Okay, it, everyone gets the same jingle. It's gonna be like, "Hey, everybody!" Whatever it is, it's always the same basic jingle. Uh, call in your questions too, uh, uh, Ariel, at nine one seven four one zero fifteen zero seven. That's nine one seven four one zero fifteen zero seven. So now we shoot the breeze about uh, last week. Anything other than the fact that you have the first ever copy of your new book? Yeah, well, I have the first ever copy of my new book. Um, uh, By the way, fantastic. I, thank I, I you. didn't get to finish it because I just started reading it. Uh, you know, yeah, I just received a copy recently. Uh, but 
I like it's like uh, all the like hand drawings, like nice punchy color. Also, thank you. Like for a, I was like worried because like for a complicated subject, right? It's like it looks kind of small. Well, well, no, well, it's like three. Well, it's like three hundred and twenty pages, which yeah, yeah. is a that's a good that's a good length. But I mean, yeah. it's not like. A, it's like it's there to help you. It's right. not there to be like must learn science, must learn science. You know what I mean? It's like very helpful. Yeah. I mean, there there was a version of it a couple years ago that was like a hundred and seventy five thousand words. That's uh, a lot. Where I hadn't like yet let go of the academic tendency of like I have to show that I know everything about yeah. this so yeah. that people take it seriously. Yeah. Well, there's a couple. That's there, not fun to read. There's a couple of science, like so, like you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but like you know how like there's a whole group of scientists who get real bent when you like anthropomorphize things at all or make things at all kind of easy for people to understand because they're worried about people's intuition slipping into whatever. Oh yeah, no, they're, they're very vocal about my work. Yes. Yeah, but I think it's very helpful to get people to understand what's going on and the stuff that you say that's like that doesn't lead people's intuition in the wrong direction because you're careful about that. Well, and you have to you have to understand you're like not speaking to, you know, someone with a background in any of this. You're talking to someone who's like maybe curious but like doesn't have, you know, the reference points are analogies. They're not like theory. Uh, so you have to make a decision about like, well, do I want this to be like academically accurate to like the current data or do I want people to leave with something true and useful yeah. that they just learned? I mean, my bet is useful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like I have this problem whenever like even just like I'm like I'm doing the update on uh, liquid intelligence and, and Jen, you know, edit, you know, looks at my stuff. Mm. It's, like, it's like, what the hell? He's like, I was like, but I have to or I'm going to get crap from this other butthead oh yeah oh yeah you know what i mean exactly yeah exactly oh also in case john in case you weren't already going to run out and buy this it's not available till march so we're going to have you on again you can pre-order it now yeah it's available to pre-order can yeah. you pre-order it at kitchen arts and letters it's where i want uh, you to pre-order it i i don't know you'd have to ask them but uh uh most of the online uh spots have right. it. well we gotta get we gotta so b- b- bookshop.org if you yeah. want to support your local uh independent bookseller yeah, okay. I mean, I'll, we'll talk to, like, either John or Matt. Why don't you hit up uh, uh, John or Quinn, hit up Matt and uh, at Kitchen Arts and Letters, see if we can get them on the pre-order, because then, because we will do the, you know, our Patreon discount. Really? Uh, I don't know if they can apply it to a pre-order. I don't know how it works. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, if, if I were a I'll, smarter I'll business person, out. I'd sort that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing is that if you weren't already going to uh, buy this book, I'm pretty sure it's the only book on this subject I've ever read that quotes Mike Tyson. <laughs> you know? <laughs> pretty, pretty sure. Great. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, if, uh, if, it's, if it's true, it's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, the thing is, like, early on, he never used to get punched, so he kept his plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is uh, the wisdom of experience, yeah. I think. Remember yeah. how fast he used to be? He was so fast. Vaguely. Like he's, he used to, they used to just like show like videos of him like dot, like they'd have these things swinging at his head and he'd be dodging them and like, you know, beating everyone else up at the same time. He was just like a, a, a phenom. Mm. You know? um, anyway, so back to shooting the, shooting the breeze. Anything other than this uh, fantabulous thing arriving at your uh, doorstep that happened? That, I mean, that, that's a pretty momentous yeah, one. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I guess professionally, not much else super exciting going on now. No, any um, terrible meals or good meals? Any terrible meals. Um, I had like, um, well, I mean, maybe I should have known what I was getting into. I had like terrible takeout pizza from Italy, mm. uh, but I was with like it was one of the situations where you were like with family and someone yeah. decided to make a takeout order, and it's like you know what, just yeah, yeah, let's do it because it's easy, but uh, uh, it's not very good. So like you know. I, yeah, I just like whenever like I have to eat something that I know I don't want, I just turn off. It's fine. Yeah, you know I, mean, what I mean, it's like I'm hungry. I know I'll get cranky if yeah. I don't eat. So yeah. you know, like, who, you know who can't do that? Nastasia. She she still gets mad at me over bad lunches that she's had like ten years ago. Like we, uh, we'll have a bad lunch like ten years ago, and well, she's like, like you know it, why you're a bad, bad person? lunch that you were like looking forward to and no like, no, no no no. She's just like, why did you sit around? Tell him, Stas. Tell him the lunch. I think I told you, Ariel, when we, me and Dave and Harold, uh-huh. like we had to go to fruit tasting and they were all going to, the people that were hosting us were having lunch after it. No one told us to bring our own sack lunch. So we just sat there. 
watching them eat their sack lunches. I mean, that's that's and like Harold, uh, such a bad meal that there is no yeah. food involved. That, that, there was like crackers or some crap. It was. It's just like no. who cares though. That's the thing. But still, well, like, ten years like later, bad, I gotta hear about it. Bad meal with good hospitality versus poor hospitality is like. Uh, this was no know, meal, two, two no meal, no hospitality. We right. were there to do business. Right. right. Like I wasn't there to like become friends with these people. I was there with friends. At least I thought. Like Nastasia and Harold. Like Harold was cool with it. Right. We were there to eat an ungodly amount of citrus. And you know what we did? We ate an ungodly amount of citrus. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, like, you know, the fact that. Everyone else was a huge weirdo, and I didn't have, you know, we didn't have, like, you know, prepare lunch. So what? Like, <laughs> so what? It's, it's funny. It's funny that uh, uh, the, the the framing that Nastasia is still angry about it years later when uh, you're a little worked up about it. Well, I'm just years worked later. up. The, the, to me, it's just, like, indicative of, like, our whole relationship that I don't understand. Anyway, uh... What about you, Stas? You have any uh, good or bad, uh, indifferent uh, food or, or otherwise moments? I had to go to Vegas last week, mm. and um, I had a really good meal at a Jewish deli, not near the Strip. Huh? Nice. It's, is it like is it same yeah. same as like in New York style, like the big things of pastrami or what? No, it was um, yeah, it was pastrami sandwiches and chicken noodle soup like it was super it's called weiss's deli and it's in like a strip mall and it's packed and it's really good i have never been to vegas i've had some really good hawaiian food in vegas really yeah vegas has like the largest population of people from hawaii outside of hawaii so there's a lot of like strip mall places with like really good plate lunches and really stuff like that yeah yeah macaroni salad mahi mahi these are two places i've never been hawaii yeah. And Vegas. Well, I've never been to Hawaii either, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. My wife was born there, and she's never been back. Interesting. They moved out when she was three. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, military. Ah, uh, well... Military yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. But she's got the Hawaiian uh, middle name, and her sister has the Hawaiian first name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. All right. Nice. Uh, what, about, what about you, uh, Molecules or Quinn? What do you guys got? I uh, I actually went to this place called with with Anastasia actually and my girlfriend we went to a place called Genghis Cohen which is they call it New York style Sichuan Chinese <laughs> the ridiculous name of a restaurant. I, I keep seeing uh, that place on Google Maps when I'm in LA and I'm Genghis like I gotta Cohen. I gotta check this out sometime. So. I gotta I gotta say like even though like uh, like you like clearly like this got to be a place that's been around a while right because you couldn't come up with that name nowadays but I kind of love it. I kind of love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. How was the food? It was. It was it was great. Like they didn't try to do anything too new to it. It just tasted like a regular New York City Chinese place, you know. Genghis going. It was very comforting. All right. But it's one of those menus that's just impossibly long, you know, where there's like eight different sections and like twelve different fried rices and you're like, I don't know. I, I always wish those places just had like a let us choose, you know. Like, I wish every the, place on earth the, had that. The, yeah, truly. Yeah. I know. I never want to make any decisions I ever. I hate choice so much. Well, it's like you guys yeah. would know better than me. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know your food. Yeah. I want other people to have choices, right? Like, right. You, you know, from a you know, but I, I don't want to choose. You know what I mean? I, I feel like I make so many choices, yeah. like yeah. in my professional life, that in my personal life, it's just nice to right. sometimes not right make decisions. Do you know? Uh, okay, okay. Sorry, Stas. Beat on you again with this, but that's another thing Stas hates about me is that like when we order, I always want to order last. And it's, 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 t- I don't know why actually, as I'm saying it, I don't even understand it, but it's like, it's tied into the not liking to choose kind of a sitch, but it pisses her off so much that even though she so doesn't, I, I, you don't even care. You just yes. don't want me to do that. Right. 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 So I tried to be the last one with my thumb around you. <laughs> For no reason. I, For no reason. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. I'll know what I want, you know. Yeah. 20 minutes before you. Yeah. 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 Whereas, like, literally, I don't know until my mouth opens and words come out of it. And then she'll get mad at me for asking the, the server. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No balls. No balls. I have balls. I just don't care. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like to want to choose. Yeah. I, I find sometimes it's like if I if I don't have something that's like a basis for making an opinion, like I can't make an opinion. Um Although I have been working sometimes, I mean, having just said that, like that is also a great way to make yourself crazy. And sometimes just making a decision 
feels a lot better. Yeah. Even well, if it's uh, not, like, the perfect decision. Look, if I go to a place and it's a crap hole, mm. I'm just going to order what I want because it's all going to suck. Right? If, if I go into, right. like, a garbage right. can right. diner, I'm going to get corned beef hash and eggs because I know it's going to come out of a can and I don't care how overcooked well, yeah, my eggs Well, yeah, you know are. it's going to be consistent. The, you know what you're going to get. It's name, not going to be a surprise. Right. Yeah. Or if I'm not in the mood for that, I'm going to get a patty melt because pretty much... As long as it comes with the requisite crap, I'm going to love it. Right. You know what I mean? You know, I go to a diner, order pancakes, because they're just going to be pancakes. Yeah, they're going to be like you. They're going to be diner pancakes. They're going to be Bisquick level, freaking whatever. And the person who makes them makes like hundreds a day, so they're going to be Oh my, speaking of uh, restaurants like this, did you hear about the California Chipotle lady? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Best ever. So this lady... Uh, she shows up at a restaurant. They're short-staffed, right? And I think it was even the shift manager was working doing. I think I think she was a manager. Maybe she wasn't. And she so was. she, so she makes this lady's order, and the lady's like, "It's wrong." So she's like, "Fine, she'll make it again." She makes it again, gives it back to the lady. It was still wrong. So then the lady starts a burrito, starts yelling at her, mm. throws the freaking burrito. In her face, so she's got sour cream and hot burrito, and and you know what Chipotle burrito is like? So much rice and garbage in that thing. Yeah. 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 It's not like the, yeah. Anyway, so like that stuff's all dripping all down her face. She has to go in the back room and compose herself because she's at a workplace in front of a bunch of people, and she's just had a freaking been assaulted. Fair. Anyway, yeah. so luckily a bunch of people were recording lady gets arrested, right? So she goes to trial. She gets sentenced to 90 days in jail. But, but, the judge says that they'll knock 60 days off if she works in a fast food restaurant for 60 days. Ah, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, I, can, I can think of a lot of people that should be sentenced to working in a fast food restaurant or other service job for 60 days before yeah. they're allowed yep. to be I mean, out in public again. What kind of just, what? Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. No. Like, it's, one, it's just a burrito, and two, like... Yeah. 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 Like, I don't know. Like, it's not... Those are also people, you know? Like... Yeah. Yeah, no, the woman who was assaulted, she ended up quitting her job. She'd been there for four years, and, like, has, P- understandably, PTSD from it. And yeah. I think just trying to figure out something else to do, but yeah. Terrible. I mean, I've never had that happen to me. I still remember bad customers. I mean, I've yeah. been screamed at, but no, I've never had anything thrown in my face. Yeah. How about how about these people? Have you ever been hit with a large candy cane? <laughs> Hello, fake candy cane people. Uh, these people, it's not a candy cane. It's like a It's a, like a peppermint stick. A peppermint stick scepter. barber barber pole, barber pole scepter. This is Rockefeller Center at, at Christmas time. It's just I don't know, it doesn't make any sense. Like why are they it's walking like, around? It's like, yeah, it? I guess that's a thing. You know? <laughs> but that's not a thing though. No, I know, I know. But yeah. like it's like like uh I mean like elf on a shelf. Was oh, listen. invented wholesale like that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Well, I mean, it's all invented wholesale. Sure, sure, sure. But like, <laughs> sorry, in- invented wholesale uh, uh, within the time period that I have been an adult. And so therefore, you know, like in yeah. the immortal words of Douglas Adams, uh, uh, newfangled and wrong. Yeah. 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 If it was wholesale invented 25 years ago, then it's as the world should be. I'm sure Hallmark was behind that. Probably. Someone making a, 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 a truckload of money on this. But uh, so earmuffs, any small children's earmuffs. But uh, yeah, my, my, my niece, man, she's all about that elf. Oh, okay. She's all about it. You cannot. You, okay, get this. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. How old is she? She's uh, like about that high. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so like, uh, <laughs> so uh, the deal is, is that this elf, right? moves it's a stuffed elf but it comes alive at night which by the way that should scare the hell out of you right there right there if you have a stuffed animal that comes alive at night hide your knives you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah anyway so like the elf like moves from place to place in your house quote unquote moves when it comes alive at night if you touch it get this this is how demented this is if the kid touches the elf the magic is gone it's dead yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. I had no idea that there was this, uh, yeah. like, disturbing lore yes. behind it. I thought I just watched you, so, you Well, know, that's also Like, sur- surveillance state yeah. Uh, yeah. allegory. He sees Not even allegory. In exactly. the bathroom. Exactly. And that's how. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you then want to touch the elf to, you know, Kill re- it? remove this panopticon situation from your uh, living space? I mean, that's what I do. I was like, you know, like, touch wood, touch elf. Exactly. Kill that yeah. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but, like, uh, yeah. So, like, yeah, they're petrified that they... Are gonna like murder 
I don't think maybe it doesn't die. It just it just doesn't come back into that stuffed creature anymore. Mm. I don't know. All around creepy. So yeah, I mean, I, th- I feel like, you know, f- folklore is full of scary stories like that, but at least they, like, have some kind of important lesson that they teach, like, don't go out into the woods at night when we're in a pre-technological society and wolves will definitely eat you. Yeah. Well, this, this just seems, like, this, cruel. This is important information. Don't touch crap your parents don't want you to. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... I wish, you know what I mean? Let's design something that children want to touch and then tell them that they can't touch it arbitrarily. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it'd be amazing if they did it like the way my old apartment worked. If I said don't touch it, it would probably really hurt you if you touched it. Right, right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You're not allowed to do that anymore either. Oh, hurt, hurt, have it hurt people when they touch it? So one of the reasons we moved out of the garment district where I had my loft was it just wasn't a great place for kids right mm. we had booker and our radiators when they came on right. which was you know not that often but when they came on they were like super 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 hot and yeah. you couldn't like they weren't enclosed at all because garment district right right, you right, know. right and so booker's first word was hot mm. you know in the like 17th and 18th century they used to put kids in like like you know babies toddlers in uh, super long nightgowns that were you know, that was, like, their day-to-day wear were, like, nightgowns that were way too long so that, like, they were, they had a lot of trouble crawling because it would get, like, tangled around their legs, specifically so they could not accidentally, like, launch themselves into the fireplace. Oh, I like that. So there, there, so there is an intervention for this situation, but it is uh, But if the crude. gown does catch. Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, you know what? That's the thing. People are like, oh, uh, you know, kids were fine back in the day. No, they weren't. They oh, yeah. died all the time. 50% infant mortality rate until, yeah. like, the mid-19th century, yep. I think. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Just because we used to do it doesn't make yeah. it a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's I, actually why the life expectancy, you see, like, oh, life expectancy in the Middle Ages was 35. It's like, yeah, because lots of people died before they were five. If you made yeah. it to 35, you'd probably yeah, you're good. live a while. Uh, Quinn, you got, I know you said you were doing some, uh, oh, Quinn made his, uh, his uh, persimmon. He's going to call it a, a sorbet, but it was... Very highly pectin, so it mm. had a lot of texture, right? Is that, oh, yeah, I love is that those high pectin sorbets. Well, no, I, I, well, I did both a gelato with a little bit of dairy and a sorbet, straight like 90% persimmon. Mm. Was it chewy? Was it chewy? Mm. No, it, was, but it had a good texture. Again, mm. I still stabilized it a little bit, but mm. it was really good. And did you taste the one that had too much succinic acid in it? And what was the story with that? Oh, it was actually, it was good, uh, but didn't taste like persimmon enough. Tasted more like oysters and blood? Like it was like, <laughs> no, it was like persimmon apricot. It actually mm. really wasn't bad. Okay. Hmm. Mm. I made a banana ice cream over the weekend, actually. That uh, how was, was it? That was also chewy and pectiny mm. in a pleasant way, yeah. But like uh, using which uh, technology? Uh, Like for freezing it? Yeah. Or, oh, just like a... Countertop compressor ice cream machine I've had. Oh, which for one like, do you have? The Lello? The Lello, yeah. I got it in like 2008, uh-huh. I think. So uh, it's definitely not a current model, but it, it's also made to 2008 standards, so it does actually run quite well. All right. So on the Lello, uh, on the Lello, the, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Batch time is somewhere like 18 minutes, right? 19 minutes? Mm, mine was more like 25. 25? But it wasn't like ice. I mean, it was like fridge cold, not like. Ice cold. Right. So, <clears throat> so on those things, when you harden them off, does the texture really suffer from the long batch time, in your opinion? Well, like, I mean, I was talking, I was talking to my husband about this because we were like testing a recipe, and I was like, shout out to Tom. Uh, shout, shout out to shout out to Tom. Um, hi, sweetie. Uh, where like. Yes, this is not at the quality necessarily that you would get from an ice cream store, but it's still uh, ice cream at your house that you made. So, like, it's a little, yeah, it's a little grainier than I'd want if I was buying someone else's ice cream. But, like, if it's ice cream for me that I made, I still get, you know, there's that. It's exciting to have that. Um, So, you know, if it's still, like, pretty good, it's still great. So I just read a bunch of patents on, um, I just read a bunch of patents. So... A problem that people want is for you to buy an alcoholic beverage 
or not even alcoholic necessarily, but pretty much always alcoholic. And you put it in your freezer, and instead of getting the plate-like crystals that I like from mm-hmm. quiescent freezing, they want it to come out of your freezer like a Slurpee. Mm-hmm. 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 So they, uh, I forget what the what the mix of it is, but they add um, they add a bunch of stuff like uh, they add stuff to you know, stabilizers basically to prevent. Um, prevent large crystals from forming, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then they add nucleating agents to it. I was to, about to ask if to, there's like yeah, a lot, of, yeah. Yeah, so they add insoluble nucleating agents hmm. to it uh, that are tiny, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I forget which ones they used, but you ever experimented with this kind of stuff? Um, I mean, n- not on purpose. Right. But, uh, or n- not in terms of like uh, uh, changing the composition of uh, stuff to control Ice crystal texture, but yes, I have, uh, oh. you know, accidentally and partially on purpose made plenty of uh, iced, iced slushy alcohol. Yeah. 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 You know who's done a video about freezies? Oh, who's that? For slushies. Huh. Next week's guest. Yeah. Oh. Chris Young. Yeah, coming on, finally get, finally coming on after all this time. Do you have these uh, combustion engineering thermometer? A what now? Is his, have you seen his thermometer? I don't, I don't know that I have. All right, I'll give you the spiel. Okay. Because this, you know, tune in next week. Tune in next week. But first, hey, Stas. Monday, 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 Monday. Monday at 2. Monday. Monday. Uh, so, uh, Stas, can they order the those freaking uh, Searsalls yet, by the way? The ones I was talking about earlier? I don't know. I have to talk to Flexport. I, I, yeah. It's, they are here. They right. are here. But we're the selling them on, on our website, right? We're selling them just through our website? We're selling them on Amazon. But can we also sell them through our website because I hate Amazon? That is a question for Flexport. Yeah, I will figure it out. I should be able to. Yeah, it's, it's like Amazon. Yeah, like, they were all there in two weeks, Glenn. Somebody from Canada is going to order one. And then they're going to be like, you didn't tell me I had you pay the van. And then they're going to ask for a refund. And then we're going to get completely hosed. And then Amazon's going to take it back and chum it up. And then that's one less of the only a couple that we have. You know what I mean? So it's like Amazon can. Anyway, so Chris's thermometer mm-hmm. is uh, it's a multi it's a multi point thermometer, right? So it's like, like multiple probes. Correct. Okay. And uh, and it you know it's got a little you know well, multiple sensors in one probe. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And so it's got uh, and it's you know you charge it. Uh, you know, via USB, you know, non-contact via USB. Okay. And then... Oh, like you, magnetic or something? Yeah. And then you shove the probe into whatever. You don't have to hit the center. I mean, you're supposed to go through the center, right? Oh, past the center. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you there's a... And then you, you just wait. And then it, you can either do it on your phone mm. or you can do it with uh, the little readout thing, Bluetooth to it. Mm. And you, it, it predicts when you, you tell it what temperature you want, and then after it checks the curves uh, of the, you know, the, the thermal yeah. ramp yeah. that it's at, it predicts when it's going to be done. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. Uh, and also, for other fun crap, um, it'll also act as a logger. You can get the data out if you want. Nice. On and the, it can trans—it has some kind of electronics that uh, hold up to oven heat. Yeah. Inside of it to yeah. transmit. Oh, I mean, that's cool. the thing. So the, the the trick, the way to destroy one is is that uh, all of the the brain is actually not in the head where you would think the brain is. Mm. The brain is in the actual probe, mm-hmm. and so you're not allowed to have the probe. Ah, because yeah. so like the meat itself is insulating the probe from the ding, ding, heat ding, of the ding, oven. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah, that is smart. Smart. Yeah. Right, but we're also going to talk about creamies because so he had a, you know, which is the worst name for a product ever, the Ninja Creamy. I don't. Oh, I was thinking creamies like uh, what they call soft serve in Vermont. Really? Maple creamies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Mm, Vermont. Yeah. They don't have very many people. They can do stuff like that. <laughs> uh, so the creamy is like, you know, the Faco Jet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Patent yeah. ran out, yeah. so, yeah, the Faco Jet. Nice. So it's like a $300 Paco Jet. So Quinn's had one now for like a year and a half. That's how long it's taken to get Chris on the show, or a year or whatever it is. And then, and but I wanted to have... No, a year and a half. <laughs> okay. I wanted to have Quinn and Chris talk about it because... Chris has obviously a lot of experience with like the Paco jet mm-hmm. and like Quinn's has, you know, his perspective from like writing his ice cream book, but 
I feel like both perspectives are useful for people who want to know how does this thing hold up versus Apaco because, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And from everything I've heard from pros, like, you know, you don't necessarily want to rely on the creamy in a restaurant. In a service situation? Yeah. Not, of course. Not, not like, surprising. But. It's not like you wanted to rely on a Paco Jet yeah, either. Like, oh, my God. Who, who, who has had a Paco Jet has not had it break? Like, literally nobody. Yeah. yeah. That's why, like, the, I mean, that's why you're friends with each other. Like yeah, exactly. Five. Yeah. No one can afford <laughs> you that. You afford to get five creamies. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I yeah, asked that. So, like, you know, Leo Robichek opened up, uh, uh, what's it called, Pennyworth in Brooklyn, right? Mm. And he was waiting for his Paco to come in. And I was like, what about Creamy? And he was like, yeah, I was like, but they are, like, you know, six times less expensive. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm reminded of uh, the time when I was working at Noma when we, when we added a bunch of, like, grilled stuff to the menu and bought a bunch of like big green eggs oh, yeah. and uh, ran them so hard they kept cracking. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, it's cheaper to buy a big green egg or five big green eggs than install the proper oven until you have to like keep replacing them. And yeah. then eventually we got, I think, a Jasper, Hosper grill, oh. grill oven thing uh, and that never broke. So, nah. yeah. Yeah. You know what? I have to say, I'm just not, I, the green egg doesn't work the way I want it to work. Well, I, I have limited experience grilling because I've always lived in apartments. Yeah. I mean, I can grill. Yeah, but, uh, I've seen you do but it. I, but yeah, exactly. We've yeah. Gri- we grilled together. But yeah. I, I do not have one in my uh, uh, immediate surroundings. Yeah, I wish I did. But but like uh, you know the 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 big green egg, all those Kamado style grills are built for people with patience, mm. right? Because they're they. You know, they build up thermal mass mm-hmm. and like, you know, you're like, the, you can hold them. Like, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I want. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you've seen me. Yeah. Grill. Yeah. Over a fire. <laughs> like on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Hell yeah. Yeah. At Nastasia's uh, exactly. seaside resort. Yeah. 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 Well, not sea. Uh, what's that called? Soundside. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, that reminds me, I can, I can plug my book because um, there, there is a recipe for people in circumstances like mine where you're in a living situation where you cannot have an open fire and you want smoky taste. There is a uh, smoke oil, so Lapsang Souchong infused oil that you yeah. can then use to uh, apply delicious smoky flavors to things by oil poaching them. Mm, yeah. nice. I, do, mm. I, I, do, uh, I do all of my... Uh quote-unquote, cold smoking with hickory smoke powder. Nice. Or, you uh, know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever smoke you choose. Choose your smoke. Yeah, you can yeah, get whatever. Yeah. They're pretty good. Mm. You know what the issue with them is? I'm going to shout out real quick. Um, Will and Dave in the Patreon have both purchased Flavorama. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it happen Fantastic. in real time. So nice. There you go. Um, the thing about the uh, powder is if you add a little bit too much, it just goes, ah, crap. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. over smoking something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why? Like, talk about. Let's do some flavor crap. Talk to me about why something is. I mean, obviously things are dose dependent, but like mm-hmm. you, you mentioned that you that uh, in the salty section, you mentioned that there's uh, both a sense of saltiness and. Oh! Yeah. Well, so uh, so that's more of a, t- a t- so flavor is taste and smell. Yes, yes, yes. That's. Uh, Chapter one, I believe, part one. Um, so uh, in, in the case of smokiness, we're mostly talking about smell and aroma. In the case of salt, we're talking about taste. But the but, acrid um, stuff is the, actually, a, is that a flavor? Or it's is... mostly, it's, it's a flavor in the sense that it's mostly smell-based. You, can, you can get some, yeah, the acridness. It's not yeah. bitter. It's not bitter. But you can eventually, yeah. So if it eventually becomes bitter, then the bitterness and probably some like trigeminal like astringency, yeah. trigeminal being like, the sense of touch that we use for flavor, um, including spiciness. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so if you've ever, like, tasted something that was properly salted and then way over-salted and it almost felt, like, burny, mm. um, yeah, we have a, uh, you know, a regular a regular salty receptor that's activated in a certain range, but then, like, over a certain amount, there are... Uh, I think I think we used to believe it was one dedicated receptor, but it probably is something else. We're not totally sure. Um, a second signal of too much salt. Uh, so you know, I mean, we have we can taste salt to begin with because we need to like take in a certain amount of sodium in our diets so that we don't you know uh, uh, lo- lose our osmotic balance and die. Um, but then too much salt is also bad. So it's kind of this. Uh, yeah, like uh, be- belt and suspenders thing of like, yes, make sure you eat salt, but no, not that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But then with um 
Yeah, I mean, especially with smell molecules, so things like, you know, going from nice smoky to too smoky. Um, yeah, th so, like, the, the obviously, like, if you have more of a smell molecule, it smells stronger. Um, but you'll also get a situation where the quality of the flavor or smell can change. Um, I mean, I, either because, like, your brain gets, like, the much higher signal and it's like, wow, this is not so great, or at a much higher concentration, your smell, the smell molecule is, like, activating other receptors that usually oh, don't respond to it unless it activates it a lot. And so, like, there's, um, I don't know, there's, like, uh, certain aldehydes, 2-methylbutanol, uh, uh, 3-methylbutanol, that in, like, lower concentrations smell kind of, like, chocolatey multi a little bit like a funyun and um mm. and high concentrations smell like intensely of cheese uh i like which, both of those which, things which i know because i have <laughs> spilled it on myself Ooh. and uh uh smelled like cheese for about two weeks what kind of cheese though uh like, there's so many cheese like which one of the cheesy kind of like cheddar cheese powder that kind mm. of like not the, not the like butyric acid right. cheesy cheesy note but like a, the kind of like almost like I don't know, h h higher and sharper uh, cheese but, note, but not like a not like a moldy, not like a blue cheesy note. No, 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 not so much. No, yeah, mm. like if you get Parmesan juice on your hands, that doesn't come up very really? often. I don't, I don't a, juice wheels no, of Parmesan no, 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 very leave, often. You leave a piece of Parmesan out and it starts sweating, and oh, you get yeah, the sweat yeah, yeah, on your hands, yeah, 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 and you're like, yeah, 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 oh god, yeah, like that smell. I mean, I juice uh, a lot. I've done right, right. Parmesan cultured cream and turned it into butter. Nice. That was funky. Yeah, I bet. Uh, by the way, Ariel was the person who, when I made the dirt martini, <laughs> came back with the math and said that I had, uh, I see, what is it, six orders of magnitude over threshold? I, I believe so, yeah. 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 A million times higher yeah. than the yeah, order Giosman. threshold for Giosman. Yeah, Giosman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Core. So, yeah. I mean, so, like, you you did do serial dilution in the sense that you made a 1% solution and took a tiny amount of that, but I uh, think I, you'd have to do it a couple more steps. I bought it. I bought it. At one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just nasty. You know what, though? I don't ever want that flavor. I know everyone likes it, so a lot of people like it. I don't want it. The, the and, and to be, for, for those who didn't see this episode or uh, hear about this situation Giosman is the like characteristic smell of dirt uh, and it's also the 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 dirt flavor of beets so yeah, um, yeah intense and, intense and, dirt uh, like when catfish are not good yes yeah so it's often like produced as like a bacterial metabolite so if like fish are eating a lot of like freshwater mud that yeah. has yeah like bacteria in it they'll, as those freshwater trash fish do exactly yeah yeah, yeah. They can taste clean. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on you ever, a lot of things. Does anyone want my... I've, I keep on trying to give away my bottle of Geosma because like... Oh, it's, I mean, it, I'll take it. Really? And I wish I had known beforehand because Dax is going to come home from college soon and he will break any flavor molecule bottle mm -hmm. and then the whole house will will never get it out. Yeah, no, you won't. So, yeah, you should... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I need... You know, yeah, I mean, you can you can get like break resistant bottles that maybe you could decant it into, but I, yeah, I don't think I have any Giosman right now. So if you uh, if you don't need it, I'll, uh, oh, yeah. I'll take it. Hell yeah. yeah. Hey, do you know what? Uh, uh, see, ever told you that I have all these lie problems? So many lie problems. I I've seen photos of your tongue after you uh, was like, "What's this white powder? Oh, it's a kitchen." So I'll check by yeah. sticking it on well, my tongue, just and you burned your tongue. Yeah, even even I have to give her props on this. It was bad enough that Nastasia actually felt bad for me. You know what I mean? That's how yeah, bad I it was. What say it say it again? I had to call your wife. That was horrible. Mm, that mm, does sound kind of scary. Mm, yeah. Anyway, uh, so, so uh, other lie problems. So my current my problem. current lie problems, as mm. you know, lie is like super like hygroscopic, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, like and so I and it was doing all these titrations for the book. Oh, and you didn't make up your sodium hydroxide solution fresh every time? Well, so I looked at the stuff. It was a, you know, it had agglomerated into like a giant mm -hmm. kind of ball of lye. And I was like, this is trash. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So like I threw it out. You know, I diluted the hell out of it and threw it out. Sure. And then uh, I ordered a fresh pound. Yeah. Uh, you know, kilo or whatever. So then I'm trying to make 
because like I had like the lie before and like everyone got mad at me. So <clears throat> I tried to make a solution that I thought would be safe to store, mm-hmm. but still not such that I had like five gallon buckets of yeah. lie sitting around. Right. Yeah. So well, what actually happened? Well, sorry. Yeah, so I made a bunch of lye, mm-hmm. like, Solution. accurately. Yeah. Like, accurately made it as soon as I got it, right? Yeah. And sealed it so that, like, they wouldn't they wouldn't change. Turns out, you know what? Lye will eventually make it through low-density polyethylene. Like, Did it eat through the... Yes. Oh. So I had Damn. all... I bought all of these juice jars, uh-huh. you know, juice... Like plastic juice suckers with yeah. the with the LDPE tops and the and the clear ones that you get like you know mm-hmm. like you buy Whole Foods and I had these concentrated you know relatively concentrated solutions I had my actual you know the base that I was using which I think is like point two seven molal you know what I mean because I'm mm-hmm. doing I'm doing uh, density based crap not volumetric hydration. Anywho, so so boom, one leaks out and destroys my you know eighty year old can of lard. So I lost my lye and my lard, oh and I got in trouble. So then I did I, you make soap out of it at least? No, well, that's the thing. And so then I had like another one. I had a, I put it into a milk jug, uh-huh. an actual milk jug, gallon milk jug. I stuck it inside a Cambro, and just yesterday or not yesterday, two days ago, I looked at it and it had blasted out, and my entire Cambro is then filled with the lye stuff. So did you know that like these LD LDPE crafts were not okay I mean, for lying. I've always stored it in glass, so who's gonna have all this glass around? And then Dax is gonna break it, right? But like, I mean, technically, if if we're if we're like adhering to lab safety, uh, it should be stored like in glass, or I mean, there might be some kind of plastic that I'd have to look up that is like rated as non-reactive, but like probably glass, yeah. and then like in its own kind of special metal cabinet. I bet you if I gotten like actual Nalgene, which is I think polypropylene, right? Mm-hmm. They probably would. I don't know, but like... I don't know. I mean, like, like I, I should know this because I am a chemist, but uh, yeah. there's, there's lots of stuff where it's just like, oh yeah, we just do it this way, and yeah. that's storing it in glass. Well, people don't store your lye in bunk. Well, and the other reason that we make up sodium hydroxide solutions fresh for titration is uh, they can actually like absorb trace amounts of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere that then like you know dissolve in the water form carbonic acid and like neutralize right. parts of the lye yeah but I can't do it because I have no way to store lye the solid without mm. it picking up do you, I don't I have mean, desiccators like, and oh, all this other you stuff. You have like a like packets of desiccant that you can throw in there. I was told, I don't know, mm-hmm. you're, you're the expert, but I was told that the lye it, the lye will suck the water out of a desiccant pack. Hmm. That you have to use some hardcore desiccants. That I'm not sure about. Nah. Anyway, it sucks. The whole thing sucks. What I'm going to recommend anyone who's got to do titrations is just buy the solution you need made at a very accurate thing, buy a lab supply thing, even though it costs more. If you're doing it at home. That's probably wise. Yeah. yeah. For those of you doing titrations at home. Yeah. Don't be, oh, oh, did I tell you? I got like mm. a really good pH meter. Mm. They, I think they got the price off by like a factor of five. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I got, you know, the a benchtop one mm-hmm. with, the, with the thing for like $120. Oh, God. Can you send me, do you still have oh, the link? I, or? I bought the, instantly after I bought it, they took it offline and put it back up. For like, like $800? Yeah. yeah. Just, I was like, yeah. woo. I have I have a terrible habit of like letting pH probes dry out. Yeah, it's a bad habit. And then having to buy a new one. Yeah, it's a bad habit. Yeah. Yeah. Shame on me. Yeah. Hey, question for you. Yes. Infusion question. Uh-huh. Ready for it? Yes. Okay. So uh I'm redoing the infusion chapter, obviously, because I'm okay. redoing all the chapters. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna include I'm gonna include uh not how to do it, but just like Soxlet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I've been thinking like, but like why would you – so for those of you that don't know, the way Soxlet works – so, or maybe you want to say what a Soxlet Yeah, is. so a Soxlet extraction is a, is a solvent extraction. So you're, you know, taking something like hexane, uh, although probably at home you're not I doing alcohol, hexane, yeah. you're using alcohol. Um, in the lab we use hexane. And uh, uh, taking, taking the, a sample of something that you want to extract, mixing it with the, with the solvent, uh, letting, um, letting it kind of like filter off of the solids into like a little 
container that catches it, then you like distill the solvent out of that and like funnel it back through the uh, the original sample material. So the idea is that you do this multiple times so that each time you're pulling out, you know, more and more of the uh, of the remaining stuff in the sample. Right, because the solvent's always fresh. Yes. And the kinetics of the of uh, is that the the bigger the it's gradient the thermodynamics. Yeah. Yeah the, yeah. yeah, the bigger the bigger the gradient you have, concentration gradient between what's in the solvent and what's in the product, the faster you're. Yeah. Well, there's also there's also like partition coefficients. So like the 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 amount to which like an or, an organic molecule will partition between alcohol, or well, not alcohol and water because they mix, but like octanol and water is usually what we compare. Um, is dependent on. Uh, so, like, at a given concentration, there's, like, a maximum concentration you can have in, like, the solvent and in the sample. So then if you take the solvent off and add fresh solvent, you, More. You're, at, you're at the zero point. So yeah. you can, yeah, yeah, so that's take the, advantage of that partitioning. That's yeah. the principle. So, But the only reason to do it is because you want to extract more... There's two reasons, I guess. You, it's somewhat faster than just letting it sit around because it's with heat, but... If you want to extract more stuff or different stuff mm. than you could doing a normal infusion. So yes. one thing when you do alcohol, right, is that <clears throat> you're you're infusing with something that's a lot closer to like 70, 80 percent. If you're starting with 40, mm. right, you're infusing with uh, a distillate of that. It's not illegal because you're not actually separating them because it goes all back into the same thing. Mm. But you're infusing at a much higher alcohol point. And it is a uh, and it's and it's warm at, at the same time. So I was trying to think of what is actually a good application where it's going to give a different example. The only one I've done so far is really a lot. Of work. I've done coffee, which is interesting because mm. the temperature of it is not at the burning coffee temperature. Mm -hmm. And it's with alcohol and not with water, so it's different. And so I ran a Soxlet for like two, three hours, okay. like, you know, 10, 15 cycles on, on uh, coffee. And I got an interesting coffee bitters. Okay. Well, um, you said you're using like 80 proof alcohol or are you using like Everclear? 80. Okay, because it'll work better with Everclear. Yeah, but the, well, the thing is, remember, the stuff that's coming off the distillation uh -huh. is like right i guess so so i say that because like the more water you have in any kind of flavorful thing that you're boiling the more volatiles are going to get like driven off when you boil it right. so so like this distillation like the reason you get like flavors when you're distilling alcohol is less that you're like at the boiling point of basically any flavor molecules cuz you're like usually well below that um but because like smell molecules repel water um they uh, like go up into the the headspace of the still with the alcohol. So it's like the yeah. same, kind of the same feature as when you add spring water to your scotch and release some of the aromas. So like you'll have less fewer like flavor molecules traveling with the alcohol as you distill it if you use a higher higher proof alcohol. Yeah, I wasn't getting a lot of loss thankfully. Okay, because well, I, mean, it's I couldn't like a, smell like it. a sealed well, system kind of. I mean, no, I mean you know. the, the wattage on the heater is so low that, you know, the tap water is aggressively more powerful mm -hmm. as a chiller. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I couldn't smell coffee yeah. until I broke the thing open. Interesting. Um, oh, wait. So, like, what else would be good to test, though? Well, I mean... It, I was going to do pure al alcohol and mint because that's interesting. Yeah. I mean... What about, what about a tea? I could try tea. So, like, the thing with with a soxalate, what you get that's different than if you were, like, distilling it, like, distilling usually leaves the taste molecules behind, but since, like, soxalate's fundamentally a, you know, solvent contact extraction, you're going to get all of those, too. Right. So anything, like, tannic or bitter is going to right, so end like, up. Right, so, the, well, the question the is, right, what is there that you want the, you want to extract more than you could with a normal steep? Mm. Right. Interesting. I could try tea. The issue with high alcohol and tea actually is that uh, a lot of those polyphenols don't come out of tea as well and super high alcohol, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are like uh, reasonably polar. Yeah. yeah. You, you know what's weird? I got bumquasia. This is a separate subject. Okay. So, like, so like you know, okay, so quasia, quasin, right, which mm. is the quasinoids, whatever they're called, mm -hmm. which is the, you know, the, the bitter crap in, in quasia. Uh, is you know everyone points to it as being like the p the purest bitters. Okay. Bitter. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. as opposed to like you know uh, wormwood, let's say, or gentian. Okay. Right. 
And so I did like all of these water-based as a test, water and then ethanol, right? Mm -hmm. And wormwood is crazy bitter, even with a water extraction. Mm -hmm. Crazy bitter. Gentian, crazy bitter with a water extraction. Quinine, crazy bitter with a water extraction. Quassia is not, the quassin, not very water-soluble. I looked it up, like almost insoluble. But I wasn't able to get anything out of these things, even in a pure ethanol. Nothing. It's like, and then I started chewing on the wood. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a bum quassia? I, I mean, I have not, but you've probably bought more batches of quassia than, than I have. Or did I blast myself and I can't taste it anymore? I, I, that's not really how bitterness works. Yeah. Well, yeah. I blasted myself on, I've blasted myself on aroma molecules. Yeah. I, I couldn't, sm- I couldn't smell or taste, um, methylanthranolate for like really? six months once. Oh, you like threw off your baseline threshold? Wow. I, I put it in my mouth. Uh-huh. I blew through a, I blew through a, a, a flavor tube uh-huh. that was pure Ooh. methylanthranolate, yeah. and it blasted me. I, I was like, I couldn't. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. My brain was like, no, thank you. Yeah. And you know, Interesting. It's one of my favorite fake flavors. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, it's also a delicious real flavor in uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Concord Grapes. and. Yeah, but I, I even like the One Note Nancy yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I feel you. All right, let's get some it's questions. A good molecule. Let's get some questions. Did you which, wait? So, you, wait, this is the one you're interested in? Uh, I mean, I can weigh in on any of the ones that I saw. Oh, yeah, the the mousy one. Right. I can talk about that. All right. yeah. From Alexander, uh, I got a bit of a general question that might fit when Andre Mack is on, but might also be better for someone like Harold McGain. Look, we got someone who is like both in the spirits world and in the science world. So, mm-hmm. Alexander, you won. You know, you're not having a no good, horrible, very bad day. Uh, I'm trying to understand the fault known as mousy in wine, mostly related to natural wines where after opening, sometimes before they quickly develop some truly awful flavors, often described as puke. For me, it comes out as very bready in a rye bread type of way. Uh, as in where does it come from and why does it happen? And how do some winemakers avoid it uh, completely without uh, using sulfites? As far as I understand, it's not well understood other than being related to acid conversion. I read somewhere about wines with up to 80 parts per million of sulfites developing the mouse uh, uh, okay, and to add to this, I work at a bar or restaurant where he's made some strange uh, discoveries, etc. So what do you got? Well, so I, uh, in terms of it not being well understood, I can, I can fill that in. Um, so m- the fault that we know is mousiness in wine. So sometimes when you taste a wine, I guess it tastes like a wet mouse. Um, that comes from uh, like wild lactic acid bacteria uh, fermenting along with, uh, you know, the, the yeast and other things that you intend to ferment. And uh, it creates a molecule called 2-acetylpyrrolene. Um, so that is, the, that is the smell of mouse in wine. Interestingly, um, and kind of hearkening back to our, uh, our, our earlier conversation about um, different, different smell molecules changing in quality depending on concentration, um, they'll also change in quality depending on, like, what you smell them with. So 2-acetylpyrrolene is also in basmati rice, tortillas, and pandan leaves. And, uh, but in, it's, it's, not, the, it's in, not the tortilla dog foot. It is the tortilla dog foot. Yeah, so uh, the tortilla, well, the tortilla, tortilla smell, if your dog's feet ever smell like tortillas, it's because of 2-acetylpyrrolene. It's probably some kind of skin lactic acid bacteria. I don't know. I'm just extrapolating. Um, but yeah, it's also the smell of basmati rice and uh, the, the flavor of pandan. So in a, in a non-wine context, yeah. it's, it smells nice and toasty. I like all those things. I like dog feet. I like tortillas. Yeah. I like yeah. basmati rice. But, but in wine, um, with that, uh, you know, that context, it is unpleasant. Um, so it's a 2-acetylpyrrolene. It, it's a nitrogen-containing volatile. So, um, you know, one, we, are, we tend to be more sensitive to, like, a lot of nitrogen and sulfur small molecules comparatively to other things so we can smell them at like very low concentrations um but nitrogen in particular is sensitive to acidity so like uh uh a a nitrogen atom in a in a small molecule is uh very happy to become positively charged Mm. um so it takes on a hydrogen ion uh, so in an acidic situation, like wh- where a normal smell molecule like won't interact with the acid that much, like a weak acid, um, a nitrogen-containing molecule will will react, will become ionized, and therefore not volatile. Well, this is interesting because uh, so you won't be able to smell it anymore. Wait, when you add acid, you won't be able to smell yeah. anymore because yeah. they had a situation where they had two ferments, mm-hmm. and every time they add hibiscus to the ferment, they get the mousey. Mm-hmm. Well, when you add acid, you'll be able to smell it less. 
So right, he's saying he develops it right after more, he has hibiscus. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is what uh, you know? Sort of wild bacteria could be on the hibiscus. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't it's kind of like uh, the like a, a lot of well, for example, serving lemon with fish um, d- doesn't just cover up you know uh, various various fish like flavors uh, with lemoniness. It actually like acidifies some of them, like the trimethylamine that smells like the fishy smell and makes them unsmellable. Unsmellable. So acid, acid, and nitrogen molecules that was, uh, that changes was, the flavor. Uh, that was not my nickname. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Balloon Knot uh, said, "Question for the show: I noticed uh, you performing on the surface of hot soy milk in a sealed mason jar at 80 degrees Celsius and with a small airspace, 100% humidity. I thought yuba formation was from evaporation at the surface. How does yuba tofu skin form? I would, if I were you, uh, uh, Balloon, go to um, and I can't get my phone to stop turning. I would go to the mechanism for yuba formation mm. by uh, Yiming Chen, 2010." And also uh, productivity properties of protein lipid films uh, prepared dot, 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 dot by Kun Chen in 2009 where they go into it. And while dehydration is important, uh, you just need, I think, an air, an air liquid interface because it's about fats which are going to migrate towards the surface interacting with the protein. So I think hmm. long heat over a long time can also polymerize them, but I think it's accelerated by evaporation. Does that seem like it makes sense? Yes. All right. Well, yeah, evaporation, but you also want, like, protein denaturation, which is fundamentally unfolding. And since most of protein folding is driven by interactions with water, if you're adding stuff that's not water, for example, fat, yeah. to the situation, or air, um, then uh, then the proteins are going to fold differently. Yeah, so it always forms at the interface. And I, like I say, I think dehydration is going to help it, but that interface still exists mm. whether or not you have evaporation, air, air, air liquid interface mm-hmm. and where the fat's going to want to, because the fat would rather touch the air than the freaking water. Exactly. Well, the, 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 the fat wanting to touch the air rather than the water is how whipped cream whips. Mm. That's how the foam is stabilized. The, the fat molecules stick out into the air. Um, I think you mean delicious whipped cream. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, yeah, similarly with egg whites, when you when you whip egg whites, the the kind of greasy parts of the proteins would rather stick out into the air than uh, into the water to now, make a foam. Let's get this, Bruce. Bling, you, maybe you have an answer for this because I don't. Mm. Bruce Bruce Blingstein. I don't know why that's a tongue twister for me. I should be able to say it. Bruce Blingstein. Bruce Bruce Blingstein. It's a lot of it's a lot of like moving parts of your mm-hmm. mouth in different directions mm-hmm. yeah. very fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, have, I have a Sean Brock recipe for confit potatoes. Uh, the first step is to brine the potatoes in sugar-salt solution for six hours. Can't find anything that points to what exactly that does to the potato. Anything other than the fact that you're going to dehydrate it? And, oh, you're going to, like, and flavor it. it? Yeah. Um, Just going to dehydrate it and flavor it. I think so. I mean, I know, like, potato starches often have, like, phosphorus mol- or, like, phosphates attached to them, but I don't think sugar or salt is going to do much with that. No, yeah, I mean, like, they're pretty porous, so Mm. I'm assuming you will pull some of the liquid out of the potato because it's hypertonic, and I would assume that it's also going to get those flavors into the potato. yeah. Both of those things are So you'll have, like, a less watery... Although, you know what? Or whatever. Listen, don't waste six out. Get a vacuum machine. Just do it now. (laughs) Just do it now! (laughs) You know what I mean? Not later, now. Um... Oh, by the way, I did the, uh, my, do you ever hear me go on and on and on and on about Guardian Serviceware? I don't think so. So it's this L.A. man, they're not anymore, but like uh-huh. starting in the 30s, L.A. manufacturer of uh, of uh, aluminum, heavy-duty aluminum cookware. Okay. One of the early waterless cookers. And so you just put potatoes into it and put the lid on and put it on your stove and cook it with no water. Oh, and okay. you know what? It doesn't burn, but it gets kind of brown. <laughs> it does. It gets kind of brown. So when you make mashed potatoes, it's kind of like toasted mashed potatoes. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Is it uh, good? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, tricks for cooking goose? Lord Nabu wants to know. I think you would know better than me. You know what my trick for cooking goose is? Is to get a duck instead. Yeah, I've gonna, only done goose once. Yeah, I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to try to f- get a good goose. I think most goose is terrible, but maybe it's better now. John, do you have anything Frenchophile? No. Nope. I'm going to work on this. Yeah. I'm going to work on this. Um, uh, Christian wrote in, Hey, I'm looking for an alcoholic holiday beverage that is both delicious and highly drinkable, as uh, in one person would be happy to consume multiple. Would love some of your favorite recommendations. Anyone? Anyone? Favorite holiday? I like Danish-style glug. Ooh, I like Swedish-style glug, mm. so we can have a fight about that yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. I've never had Swedish-style What's the difference? Style, but... It's probably the same. I don't know. Does the Swedish-style have the, like, 
almonds and like mincemeat in it. I don't know. Nails never used to put you that put in like it. sliced almonds and uh, ba- basically, like, yeah, like candied glacade fruits at yeah, the bottom of it. Well, the trick with any of those things, right, is you, you make it taste all good. Then when you heat it up, you always have to have a little alcohol left to go chagata chagata because you're going to evaporate over mm-hmm. the time that you keep it hot. It's all about the chagata chagata. Mm. Do they use Akavit in, in uh, Dane land? No, no, no. Just, just one. Oh, you don't spike it? Uh, Nils used might, to spike you, you the might, hell out of it. You might use like rum, but I don't think you mix Akavit and red wine, at least in Denmark. Okay. And they love rules about food. So. All right. And then uh, on the way out, we have two seconds. But here, Sam Erickson wants to know, uh, do you have any tips for extracting caraway, dill, star anise, or other Akavit flavors without alcohol to create a non-alcoholic Akavit in the vein of Linny, just for family and friends? Both acetic acid, so vinegar and sugar, will help uh, increase the extractability of yeah, aroma but, molecules but then you're going to have a lot water. of vinegar in your... Well, so you find like the, the amount that you can... Uh... I don't, I don't actually, like, I guess. I mean, if sugar does, then glycerin must also, because they have, like, you know, basically it's the polyol, same polyol. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, but then I guess a, a less sweet, a less sweet sugar, like a, uh, uh, like trahalose or something like that. Three, three, uh, mm. trisaccharide. Mm. Yeah, I, I did a, yeah. uh, I also, for the kwasia that I told you I couldn't mm-hmm. get to make, I did a, <laughs> I did a, a glycerin extraction. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, so sweet. Oh. oh my god, huh. so sweet. I was like, oh yeah. Crazy. Because glycerin's so dang sweet. Yeah, true. I guess. And yeah. like a 60-40 glycerin water is like pretty vis like pretty loose. So mm-hmm. it's not like glycerin and whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh Ariel, thanks for coming on and Thank sharing. Thank you for having me. Flavorama! Pre-order it now. Cooking issues. <laughs> <laughs> 